listeners, welcome back to the Don't Quote Me On It podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today I'm joined here by a friend of mine, Alex. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Alex. Um, I'm 16, and I live in Frankfurt. Uh, I'm really you know, passionate about science and how it can help us um, you know, solve uh, big issues around the world, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm so interested in nuclear energy. Exactly, and like Alex just said, today's topic is nuclear energy. Um, it's very important as people who are both interested in the environment. It's something we want to kind of spread the word about and yeah, maybe um, kind of fight some of the misconceptions that there are about it, um, but also obviously discuss why those misconceptions exist in the first place. All right, so just as a quick um note for people who might not be so familiar with nuclear energy it's the energy that essentially holds together the core or nucleus of an atom and the way that we currently obtain it is through nuclear fission which is the separation of atoms and generally this is done with uranium Um, that's the most uh, common of the elements that we use for this process and We'll be using a lot of terms like nuclear reactors and power plants, and that's simply the site at which nuclear energy is obtained. So um, I think those are the main kind of vocabulary things that you have to be aware of. We might talk about nuclear fusion as well, but I think Alex can explain that a little bit better than I can. Um, Yeah. But but yeah, Alex, to start out with, why, why do you think people might have why do you feel like we need to do this episode? Why do people have certain misconceptions about nuclear energy? Where does that come from? Um, so I think kind of a big part of human psychology is we focus on like big events and also the media uh, gets a lot more coverage by focusing on you know catastrophes rather than everyday occurrences. Um, and that's why you know with nuclear energy there's um, there's like there have been disasters like Fukushima and Chernobyl, um, which obviously bring a lot of attention, um, yeah. but they don't fully represent um, the kind of safety of um, nuclear energy because even though there there are some um, kind of catastrophes, they they don't happen that frequently, and aside from that, nuclear energy is quite safe. Um, so a good way to kind of think about this is like um, car car crashes and airplane crashes mm-hmm. um, even though car crashes occur much more frequently and it's more dangerous to travel by car people still think that um, you know traveling by airplane is is more dangerous yeah exactly and I think a lot of those um, misconceptions can be I guess um, falsified in a way if you just look at the statistics I mean I was when I was doing some research I found out that if you just look at um, industrial accidents that have to do with other methods of obtaining energy they have been a lot more damaging and destructive in the past so for example in the Henan province in China 26,000 people drowned because a dam broke and 3,800 people died in India where um, 40 tons of methyl gas was leaked. So these are a lot of accidents that I don't think the media focuses on as much. So it's easy to kind of villainize nuclear energy because I feel like when people see just the radioactive symbol, 
they connected mm-hmm. to nuclear bombs. Yeah, um, and I mean, I, it is kind of, it's not an irrational kind of thought because yeah. um, it is obviously scary to think about um, nuclear weapons, um, especially you know in the 1960s with the Cold War. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a big problem, but um, yeah, um, not only you know coal and and oil, they don't only kind of cause a lot of disasters, but there's also air pollution, which is one of the biggest killers. Um, and uh, yeah, that that is much more dangerous than um, yeah than nuclear catastrophes. I think there's this fear of mishandling of you know nuclear substances and I and I do think that obviously in the wrong hands it can be very dangerous but these days there's a lot of um, policies etc that kind of exist to prevent that and to kind of regulate the import and export of uranium and other uh, radioactive substances like the nuclear non-proliferation treaty I might have pronounced that wrong but uh, when I was researching it kind of personally for me um, going into this, some of my misconceptions had already been um, fought against by you or argued against, so I didn't have such a negative idea about nuclear energy, but the thought was always in the back of my head is that, well, if they're capable of distributing nuclear weapons, etc., through this all over the world, doesn't that make the world a lot more of a dangerous place? Um, yeah. Um, if I may add something to that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, yeah, maybe related to something we'll talk about later, but um, currently, you know, uranium is used, um, is mainly used, um, but there have also been, um, there has been some research into using different uh, materials, uh, most notably thorium, yeah. um, and it's a material that's more abundant than uranium, and it's actually much more difficult to turn into um, nuclear weapons. Yeah, that's something I I came across as well because I was researching and I found that, you know, uh, uranium-235, so essentially the isotope that we use is, it makes up about 1% of the uranium in the world, so that's that's really rare and I started to think about if we scale nuclear energy up, how how are we going to kind of um, face that issue? And I know plutonium is also used, but that's a very, you know, dangerous and toxic substance in itself and I think... From what I found, thorium waste is much less harmful, so I feel like I completely agree that's something that we could consider going into in the future. Yeah, um, for thorium also, um, there has to be kind of more uh, research uh, mm-hmm. into the, the area, but um, there's also, yeah, there's a new kind of nuclear reactor, which is called a lifter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it stands, stands for liquid fluoride thorium reactor and essentially it works differently from conventional reactors and um, it's much safer so there's um, you know it's much less likely to uh, to have like a meltdown yeah. um, and um, also you know thorium is more abundant uh, it's less easy to turn into nuclear weapons um, but again, funding is needed, um, yeah. and that's why I find it's so important to change the the general view. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I think sustainable development and sustainable energy and sustainability as a whole is a big topic in politics, but oftentimes people are afraid to go into the discussions about nuclear energy. But I think if we are aiming for those sustainable development goals, even if we look at what the UN, etc., have set up, we can't achieve those in terms of energy without nuclear. Like, <clears throat> essentially, I'd say it's impossible. And、um, there have, like you said, been a lot of new technologies. Like,、um, there are a lot of companies like X Energy and Transatomic Company, all of these that, you know, we looked into this, I think, sometime in the past, even in class, with the use of、um, pellets. Um, which kind of have this like strong ceramic build around them, so they're also a lot more safe. And they kind of, in the case of an issue, can cool themselves down. And you know, that means that you have less cost when it comes to water, because that is something that a lot of people use as an argument as well is that、um, nuclear reactors use up a lot of water because they do need that cooling agent, but isn't it capable of being kind of like recycled or reused so you aren't necessarily wasting water? Yeah,、um, I, I do not think that、um, usage of water is a big issue.、Yeah. Um, also, just generally, yeah, nuclear reactors do not use a lot of resources、yeah. um, aside from the uranium.、Um, so I wouldn't say that that's a big barrier. Yeah. Would you say, because when I was doing some research, I came across the fact that, you know,、um, With the current fuel rods that are being used, only approximately 4% of the rod is actually capable of being used. How do you think? Because obviously, if we want to make nuclear energy a pivotal part of the sustainable development movement, we're going to need to make those processes a lot more efficient because we'll be ending up with a lot more waste than what's actually being used. Do you, are you yeah, aware of any、um, technology? So, what you brought up before with like uranium. Uh, 235.、Yeah. That's, it's, you know, it's only 1% of naturally occurring uranium,、uh, which is why、um, most of it is not used.、Mm. Um, currently, we, like, some facilities do recycle the uranium,、um, and that does kind of improve the efficiency.、Um, aside from that,、um, I will say. I wouldn't consider nuclear fission or at least uranium,、um, using uranium, a long term solution.、Mm. Um, I, view, I view it more as kind of,、um, kind of a transitory step to、um, more you know, renewable and、um, more long term solutions.、Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's true. We have kind of a finite amount of uranium,、um, yeah. but again, thorium is much more abundant,、um, and so it could, it could be helpful in a sense. For sure. And I, I think what, what was interesting that I came across when I was、um, doing some research is that obviously, a big argument that I, I do think that needs to be taken into account is obviously the radioactive waste and the release of radioactive substance into. The environment, but currently, considering how much coal is burned,、um, it's actually the biggest source of radioactive release into the environment at the moment because、um, it is a mineral、um, that 
because it is um, from the earth, from the core, like it contains these substances that are still being released into the environment. And I, I personally wasn't aware, <laughs> so it kind of seems paradoxical to argue that that is the worst part of nuclear energy in a way when currently um, we're still so widely using coal. Um, yeah. And actually, countries like China have been looking into, I guess converting some of the I, I didn't really understand how they were going to do that but um with all of the radioactive substance that is being released from coal to kind of somehow convert that into being able to be used in nuclear reactors because it's i don't know that was it seemed very complex to me but i was reading and i was like this could be cool you know considering how scarce some of the resources are yeah um i think for coal it's kind of the ash um yeah that is emitted uh which yeah it's crazy to think um that more that it releases more radioactive radioactivity than the nuclear energy um and also just thinking of waste in general Mm. um nuclear energy can actually you know it's the best way to contain waste um because so for coal, there's obviously air pollution, and mm. you can't really contain that. Um, but also for alternatives like um, like solar panels, there's a lot of e-waste there, and solar panels have a lifespan of about 25 years. Um, and at the end, they're they're just likely going to be shipped to um, countries like Ghana, yeah. um, and you know they they contain poisonous elements like lead um, which are also very harmful towards the environment and they're not contained Um, so in that sense you could argue that nuclear energy does not emit that much waste into the environment yeah for sure and there are many benefits to um, using nuclear energy and not just nuclear energy but having nuclear power plants like it, it really goes down to the basics obviously it provides more employment opportunities and like you said, they virtually emit no harmful greenhouse gases to the environment. And um, it also, relative to how much energy, how energy dense nuclear energy is as a source, it produces a lot less waste as well, like you were saying, in comparison to a lot of other sources that we're using at the moment. And I, I, I didn't know this, but actually I was realizing how much, uh, I guess, nuclear energy and nuclear substances are capable of being used in advances in medicine as well and identifying viruses etc that was really interesting because i feel like a lot of people think that oh nuclear is the opposite of something that's good for you there's no way it would have any kind of link to health and it's actually beneficial in a lot of fields that people don't even think about really yeah um i'm no expert in this but i've read about this as well um and yeah, it, it's fascinating. Um, obviously, yeah, you can use, um, I think, um, gamma rays um, for medicinal purposes. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's another uh, benefit. Yeah, and I'd say it's just the reason why I brought it up is that I think if that kind of information was spread around more, it would take away some of the fear of the word nuclear because the second it's mentioned, people think about the three major accidents and you know it's, it's immediately shut down um so let's we could go into some questions now maybe 
Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. All right. So we've kind of talked about, you know, the cause of the stigma and Chernobyl and Fukushima, etc. So why would you say then, considering how environmentally friendly nuclear energy truly is as a source, why there are so many organizations around the world, all these kind of green organizations that are campaigning against an essentially carbon-free solution? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's mainly two reasons that, that they kind of give. Um, I'm like focusing specifically on Greenpeace. Um, because I think they're one of the most kind of outspoken yeah. um, organizations. Um, so the first is uh, kind of that it's harmful. Um, and what's interesting is they don't really look, or it's dangerous, and they don't really focus on the kind of environmental impact. It's more about the accidents and the waste. Um, and Greenpeace started by campaigning against nuclear. Um, in the 1970s, and this was, again, at that time, there was kind of a bit of a frenzy or, yeah, quite a lot of fear regarding nuclear weapons, yeah. and um, at the time, um, nuclear waste was also dumped um, into the sea. Yeah. Um, and so that started all the way back then, um, and it has persisted because it's still seen, you know, as a potential cause for a big catastrophe um, and um, yeah I think that's the main reason um, they also give cost um, as another um, yeah. kind of reason why we should not offer it um, and it's true nuclear nuclear plants are expensive to build mm. um, and it does take time um, but let's say if you if you look at France and Germany uh, France has um, or France's um, energy production consists mostly of nuclear. I think it's about 70%. Yeah. Um, and its energy, its electricity prices are much, much lower. Yeah. Um, almost half of Germany's because um, what's interesting is Germany has kind of started to go away from nuclear mm-hmm. um, and they've tried to increase the use of um, renewables, yeah. but um, they've kind of noticed that that's not possible because um, because they're intermittent, um, and what it's actually led to is um, the, like they started building um, more coal plants, um, which is kind of ironic um, yeah. and yeah, very bad environment. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, kind of linking to that, then um, there is an issue indeed of existent. Uh, outdated reactors that do have potential of um, meltdowns and um, pose a lot of risks. So it's kind of a question of how do we deal with those? Do we invest money into reconstructing them or do we build new ones? Because with the new technology, um, it is capable of... I, I was reading and some of the ideas are like building much smaller reactors that take only about two years to get up and running. So then you actually pay back um, you start getting revenue from them also a lot faster. So what do you think could be a possible solution for these old reactors? Um, yeah, for I think they definitely have to be replaced um, within the next 30 years, um, just also because of safety concerns. Um, 
and new reactors that are currently being built are already much, much safer and they have um, certain features that um, would not allow uh, a catastrophe like the one in Fukushima to occur. Yeah. Um, so there's very big improvements in like, the safety side. Um, and so that's why, yeah, I definitely think that, um, that they should be replaced. Um, but um, it doesn't have to be in a year because they're still um, very safe overall. Um, it's, uh, I've also read about the, these smaller reactors um, and I think they're, yeah, they're a very good option as well because um, just because of the lower costs, um, which makes it easier for um, a company to build one um, without having to invest too much. Still, even considering the smaller reactors, the cost of nuclear power plants is still relatively high, and I feel like that is often the issue: is people aren't willing to invest into something that is so, I guess, controversial still in the media. Um, so, is would you say it's maybe as a result of the high costs, just mainly a solution for more developed economies? And I mean because it might be very difficult to truly find the finance because it's also very if you want to build the nuclear power plants of today those need highly advanced technology as well so it's not necessarily only about finance yeah so currently the biggest uh kind of investors in nuclear um are russia china and india mm. um and so they're kind of these middle income or yeah. up upper middle income, lower middle income um, economies and because like developed economies like the US or Germany are mostly kind of not building anymore because of the public opinion but um, China and India they're, they're starting, you know, their energy demands are increasing very rapidly and as they try to move away from um, from fossil fuels, they understand that they need a kind of uh, reliable energy source, which is yeah. why, um, yeah, they're building a lot of um, nuclear power plants. Um, but I will say that that you're very right, and um, about the fact that you know, good infrastructure is needed um, to build a power plant, uh, a nuclear power plant, especially regarding safety concerns and uh, terrorism yeah. um, so I would say that maybe it's not suited for um, relatively poor countries yeah. um, but I would say that for emerging economies uh, it seems to be uh, the, yeah, the way there. big issue is obviously radioactive waste um, because no matter what for example with the uranium pellets etc that will still be produced um, and there are a lot of different countries that are approaching it in different ways of how to store it so what would you say so far has been I guess the solution that you think is best I mean in any case I do think they're kind of just pushing off the inevitable for as long as possible um, but what do you think is maybe the best so far um, well, in Finland, they've uh, been building a tunnel uh, underground, and this is, I think this has been a very good project, and they've also um, 
obviously done a lot of research looking at tectonic plate, tectonic movements, uh, ensuring that no disaster would occur. It's very, very unlikely. Um, and that project seems to be um, going very well mm. and very promising. Um, a similar project um, was planned for the US, um, but it was, um, it was stopped just solely because of uh, political reasons. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say that um, the way that the Finnish are doing it seems, seems a, a very good way. Alright, well good for us Finns then. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was very fascinated by nuclear fusion technology and you I remember you talking about this already back in like seventh or eighth grade, being like, guys, this is the future. <laughs> um, how how realistic do you see that being as an as a like a more widespread solution and if it if you do think it is actually possible um to do safely and reliably then within how many years or decades do you think that could be developed yeah so eighth grade me was perhaps a bit naive um <laughs> and it, it yeah nuclear fusion is basically uh, you do the opposite of nuclear fission so instead of splitting two uh, an atom you uh, fuse two atoms um, and it releases a lot more energy than fission uh, it's what happens in the sun um, but the problem is that you need so you need to input so much energy that it's not very feasible currently yeah. um, and scientists have been working on this problem for a really long time because um, it also produces no nuclear waste. Um, mm. it, you can just do it with hydrogen atoms, uh, which you can get from water. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like the perfect solution, um, but it's quite difficult. And um, yeah, it's still, I wouldn't kind of just rely on it working because yeah. I think that could lead to an inaction and just believing um, that, oh, nuclear fusion is going to save us. Mm. Um, there's definitely hope and um, progress has been made. Um, and it would be great, obviously, if if we could um, harness its powers. But I would say maybe in the near, like, I don't see it becoming commercially viable in the next 20 years or so, um, yeah. which yeah, which is a long time uh, if we think about climate change. That's true. We're definitely in a rush. So with nuclear energy, because it is, as said, a big part of kind of becoming sustainable, um, what would you say, because there's so many sustainable um, energy alternatives, you know, like we've talked a little bit about solar today, then there's wind, there's hydroelectric. Um, what would you say in terms of like, I guess, proportions of energy from different sources? What do you think would be a pretty reasonable, I guess, approach to that at the moment, considering we can't just fully go nuclear? Because maybe I don't want people to really get that idea from this either. It's not that the whole world no. needs to go nuclear. Yeah, um, I really want to stress that, um, that even though I support nuclear, I fully understand its downsides and I do not, um, it's, yeah, it's not feasible for the world to go completely nuclear and more sustainable. Um, 
but in terms of kind of the percentage of energy um, from nuclear, um, the International Energy Agency has said that if we want to kind of keep warming below 1.5 degrees uh, or below 2 degrees, then we have to double uh, the world's energy capacity. Um, and I believe currently it's about 10% yeah. of the world's um, electricity production. Uh, so yeah, that would be 20%. Um, yeah. And I guess kind of as a wrap-up question, um, when we think about this issue of energy scarcity and where are we going to get all the energy, it all kind of boils down to the problem of you know a lot of these developed countries wasting energy because there is a trend between you know um, having more energy sources being able to have higher living standards better access to education all of this tends to kind of correlate but you reach a point where you're not benefiting from it anymore it's all just kind of making a loss so um, to what extent do you feel like maybe part of the solution should be not thinking about where can we find all the resources but really scaling down and trying to make the things that exist more efficient because when you really think about it, for example even the internet the internet is such a large contributor to this issue yeah um so i'm glad that you brought this up because even though you know technology can help us um in reducing the effects at the end of the day we have to change our approach to consumption yeah. um, and just change our lifestyles and uh, recognize that we have finite resources even with solar and wind energy that yeah even though sunlight is um you know is unlimited mm. the resources like the materials that we need to build uh, solar panels are not um, and so I think just generally we have to um, do everything we can to reduce um, our footprint uh, whether it's flying less or reducing our meat consumption yeah. um, and just changing our attitude to um, to how we go on with our daily lives 100% all right well that's it, folks. I'd say that's the end of our day with nuclear energy today. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Um, any pleasure. final words to our listeners? Um, yeah, I, I would say, again, don't think that nuclear energy is the complete solution. When I first heard about it, I thought, oh my god, this is the solution to all our problems. Um, it isn't, but um, it is important to to be aware that it is part of the solution um, and that, yeah, we, we have to change our, um, our mindset. All right, amazing. You have been amazing. And if you're still listening, thank you for supporting the student-led podcast. It means a lot. And this has been enough BS for the day. If you enjoy this podcast, please drop a follow and share it with your friends and family. But whatever was said today, remember, don't